Good afternoon. Welcome to the special meeting of the Board of Trustees. Can we have a roll call, please? Trustee Avalada? Here. Trustee Peterson? Here. Trustee Hernandez? Here. Trustee Banerjee? Here. Trustee Bouquet? Here. Trustee Chaclin? Here. Trustee DeVries? Here. Trustee Jensen? We have a quorum. Thank you. Do we have public comment? We do not. All right, we'll go right into our first item, which is a report on the proposed changes to bylaws and composition of the Board of Trustees, and that will be led by General Counsel. Okay, uh, thank you very much, Trustee Abulado, and now ask if I could uh, have my uh, assistant uh, bring, share a screen and bring up the, uh, the presentation. And uh, as that's being happened, you know, basically what I just wanted to do is to provide a little background in terms of, you know, specifically uh, what has been presented um, and um, basically, you know, provide the opportunity for a common understanding of those are some of the issues that are raised. Uh, uh, by the uh, requests uh, to the extent that there's, you know, questions that I might be able to answer based upon the information there, you know, I'll attempt to do that. Um, and I will invite folks to uh, interrupt me with any questions that they might have uh, as we go through this. Um, so uh, next slide, please. So as I say, we will uh, uh, talk specifically about the changes to the uh, AHS bylaws that have been uh, proposed, uh, some issues surrounding trustee vacancies that are uh, raised by uh, the request uh, from Supervisor Chan and Valle, um, and then some uh, questions that basically arise you know, out of those two actions. Um, and so just to be clear, there's uh, two separate items that will be considered by the Board of Supervisors in their meeting on Tuesday. First are some changes to the bylaws that we'll go through in a moment. And then the second is a request, you know, for uh, trustee or uh, the members of the Board of Trustees uh, to make a decision about either uh, resigning their positions, uh, reapplying for their positions, or uh, the action that you be taken by the Board of Supervisors, you know, if by a certain date uh, they have not received the resignation of each of the trustees. Next slide, please. So, as you know, the uh, bylaws of the uh, AHS uh, Board of Trustees uh, are subject to approval uh, by the Board of Supervisors, and the Board of Supervisors uh, has the authority to make changes to the bylaws. Uh, typically, uh, the last time this occurred was back in 2016 after a uh, joint or collaborative process between the uh, Board of Supervisors and AHS. Uh, the changes here I've just summarized generally. This is not intended to be uh, a specific recitation that's contained in uh, the actual uh, agenda item, but generally speaking, uh, there's a couple of changes adding new qualifications, experience with interest-based bargaining, willingness to work with outside parties, uh, eliminating district representation. Uh, currently, the bylaws provide that uh, an effort will be made to ensure that the Board of Trustees represents at least one uh, representative from each of the five supervisory supervisorial districts. Uh, that requirement is being eliminated. You know, I'll just note that it has been our practice uh, as vacancies have arisen to ensure that if uh, the new applicants for appointment to the board are um, maintain, you know, a, a broad geographical representation. Uh, <clears throat> 
The uh, third change, you know, I just refer to as refining duties. Um, and in the bylaws, uh, under general subject matters, there are specific requirements for the board of trustees with regard to the budget and finance and personnel. And so um, they're adding some uh, language there, which basically uh, gives direction, you know, to adopt an interest bargaining approach, you know, under the uh, personnel section, uh, and then outlines some specific, you know, items that are raised. Um, some specific procedures to be followed by the Board of Trustees with regard to the evaluation of the uh, CEO. Um, you know, the, uh, I mean, the changes, you know, are what they are. Um, the, um, you know, the points that I raised in terms of questions raised is, you know, as I said, um, you know, eliminating the requirement for district representation does go against the past practice. So uh, it's not entirely clear what the implications of that might be. Um, it would appear that the other proposed qualifications are, are consistent, you know, with other qualifications which are already set forth in there for the appointment of trustees, uh, focusing on uh, issues, you know, faced by the organization in terms of experience, uh, you know, managing healthcare organizations, experience in finance, experience in healthcare financing, uh, and so the new qualifications, you know, regarding, you know, experience with particular types of bargaining, you know, certainly are consistent with that. You know, likewise, um, the, uh, the, the specific requirement around uh, willingness to work with outside parties. So I'll just pause there, see if there's any questions regarding the changes proposed to the bylaws. Questions from trustees? I'm just curious if you already have the language for that, Mike, or is this just the proposal? So the uh, uh, the agenda item does include the specific language, oh. um, and uh, it also includes a um, um, a red line of the current bylaws as well, too. So the language is a little bit more specific what I've incorporated here, but it's generally the same. Mike, this is Joe DeVries. I do have a question. Uh, there's nothing to these changes that couldn't be done with the current board intact. Is that correct? Um, I, I think that that's, you know, generally speaking, correct. I mean, you know, as I had refer, you know, alluded to earlier, you know, the last time we went through changes to the bylaws, that was a, a joint process that and addressed, you know, some of these very same items. So I would. Yeah. Because, I mean, as a, board, as a board member, I mean, none of these sound like bad ideas. Um, it's funny because I've always had a willingness to work with outside parties. That seems like a pretty broad statement. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, none of these seem like earth-shattering changes to the current board composition, other than the district representation being removed. I'd, I'd add that when we did have a trustee selection and recruitment process, when we uh, we looked at like what the gaps were and looking at hospital administration, finance were some of the ways in which we filled um, the gaps too. So some of these were things that when we were going through the process, um, we had been doing. Okay, uh, if there are no others, I'll move on to the next point. Next slide. So with regard to the trustee vacancy, so, um, you know, as I'd indicated, um, the uh, second part of the agenda item, you know, deals with a request uh, that is put by, forward uh, by the supervisors that the uh, trustees uh, resign their positions 
uh, not later than October 30th. Um, and um, if, the, if the decision is not made to resign, you know, then the uh, Board of Supervisors would take action uh, to remove the trustees. Um, so it raises a couple of natural, you know, questions, which I just thought I would, you know, address. Um, you know, the first being, you know, again, under, you know, both the bylaws, uh, the enabling legislation, you know, for the hospital authority, health and safety code section 101-850, uh, and the local Alameda County Administrative Ordinance, uh, section 2.120, the Board of Supervisors, you know, has the, the power to both appoint members of the Board of Trustees and to remove members of the Board of Trustees. Um, the uh, removal power, um, is uh, broad, you know, meaning that, you know, it can be with or without cause. Um, and then likewise, you know, the, you know, all appointments to the board are subject, you know, to the approval of uh, the board of trustees. Um, the uh, couple of, you know, uh, points that sort of come up with regard to this request, you know, currently the bylaws, you know, provide um, that some guidance regarding some guidance and, you know, some rules, you know, regarding, you know, filling vacancies on the board. Um, and so there's a couple of um, seats, which I refer to as special seats on the board, uh, which are the result of obligations that we have to outside parties, uh, to the Alameda City Healthcare District, uh, to uh, the medical staff. Uh, one seat on the board is reserved for a representative from each of those organizations. Um, likewise, uh, under uh, the bylaws, uh, one seat is specifically identified as being appointed uh, by the Board of Supervisors without the requirement for any input or consultation with the Board of Trustees. Uh, the remaining six seats, you know, are subject to a provision, you know, which provides that the Board of Supervisors approves all appointments um, and the past practice is provided that uh, the Board of Trustees would provide input to the Board of Supervisors as to appointments to those seats. And typically that has been uh, in the form of a recommendation to the Board of Supervisors after a recruitment process that has been uh, undertaken by the organization. So typically when a vacancy has arisen, um, we have uh, initiated, you know, through the clerk of our board, a process to um, solicit applications, you know, from folks who are interested in serving on the board. Uh, we go, our, uh, the board of trustees goes through a process, typically uh, by way of an ad hoc committee, uh, to review those applications, determine, you know, who might make a good candidate, you know, who fits the geographical needs, who fits whatever other demographic needs are appropriate. Um, and then uh, the board makes a recommendation of candidates uh, to the board of supervisors, you know, at which time uh, a selection is made. So, um, you know, it's not entirely clear, you know, to what extent, you know, these or how these issues would be addressed um, in the process that accompanies uh, the second part of the supervisor's request regarding uh, uh, trustees uh, vacating their positions on the board. Uh, and so in terms of what happens with the special seats, you know, what happens with, uh, you know, the overall process, you know, for uh, making application, you know, to fill what will, you know, certainly be vacancies on the board, you know, that's not entirely clear. And I just don't know, you know, at this point, you know, I, I can't speculate as to what it would be that, you know, clearly those are uh, some questions or issues that uh, come up. Um, so I'll just pause there to see if there's any questions. 
not appear that there are any. So I uh, will move on to the last section. <clears throat> so, um, you know, as I said, you know, a couple of other uh, things that appear, um, you know, to be questions that are uh, raised by uh, both of these requests and, you know, their questions, you know, simply, you know, because it's not entirely clear from, uh, you know, the actual uh, uh, agenda items, you know, how uh, they will be handled, but, you know, as I pointed out, the process for recommendations for appointment, um, you know, what pri things may be prioritized in terms of appointments, you know, again, typically uh, in the case of uh, filling, you know, under our process, you know, filling positions on the board, you know, that has been focused on, you know, where, you know, considered needs in terms of, you know, subject matter expertise, geographical representation, things along those lines. So, uh, again, that's not outlined uh, in the item as there is no process outlined there, but, you know, those are certainly, you know, questions that uh, may, you know, influence decision-making around this. Uh, and then the last point is it's not entirely clear uh, when all of this occurs, you know, which does create a question or, or would be a concern is whether or not there's going to be any period during which, you know, there essentially is not a, a governing board in place uh, uh, because, again, you know, under the, the construct which is set forth in the enabling legislation, you know, that's an important piece. That's an important piece to us from a regulatory standpoint um, as well. And certainly there's, you know, operational and practical uh, issues that arise, you know, um, that relate to the governing board and its ability to perform those functions. So um, I'll just stop there to see if uh, this last piece uh, prompts any additional questions as well, too. Okay. Trustee um, Jensen, were you trying to? Oh, there you are. The absence of a governing board. I think your volume is very low, Tracy. Are you trying to change settings? Is that better? Can you hear me better? Yes, yeah, getting that? better. A little better. Yep. No, better. Yes. Great. Um, so my question is about the absence of a governing board. We've, um, we, uh, the board has already heard from the joint, um, the joint commission about our governance issues. And so my question is, what if, what if the, for example, say the joint commission came back in two weeks and there was no board, what would that mean for licensure of Alameda Health System? Good question. Well, um, you know, under you know the you know the the joint commission leadership standards, you know the governing board you know does play a significant role. Um, it is ultimately responsible for decision making within the organization. Uh, it basically you know works in partnership with the administrative leadership and the medical staff with regard to you know executing you know on an operational and clinical level everything that's required uh, to meet its standards, which in turn then you know are standards that. Um, you know, provide deem status, you know, with, uh, you know, CMS. Um, the Joint Commission, you know, has made specific findings regarding um, certain governing board, you know, issues. So um, it's difficult to sort of speculate, you know, as to what happens or what doesn't happen. But, you know, clearly the governing board, you know, plays a uh, significant role, you know, when uh, we're going through surveys, when we're responding to 
does present the potential for uh, a significant, you know, issue or concern to be addressed, but it's kind of difficult at this point, just given what we know about what has been proposed to, um, to understand, you know, what the precise implications of that would be. I guess, and follow up to that question, Mike, what, if, if there's no governing board, who who's in charge? So who has sort of legal and fiduciary responsibility over the system in that case? Is that default well, to the administration or? Uh, yeah, well, you know, still trying to sort of sort out some of the issues related to that. Uh, but, you know, again, I would go back to, um, you know, one, you know, uh, you know, under the under the enabling legislation, you know, we're, you know, we're an independent, you know, organization. And, you know, basically we've established a lot, lot of relationships based upon that independent, you know, relationship, you know, um, you know, both with regulatory agencies, you know, with other uh, you know, business partners, um, and as I just alluded to, you know, under the the special requirements that we have to observe, you know, by virtue of being a healthcare organization, um, you know, there's the administration, there's the medical staff, and there's the governing board. So um, that's a question that has to be sorted out, but it has, you know, out, you know, very real implications because there are requirements that the board, you know, currently um, um, has responsibility for in discharges, you know, that, you know, support the administration. Um, and there are limitations, you know, to some extent on uh, the activities of the administration, you know, based upon, you know, powers that are reserved to the board of trustees. So that's an issue that would, you know, definitely have to be addressed, you know, depending upon, you know, what happens, you know, with regard to, you know, how all of this plays out. Mike, this is Joe DeVries. I have another question, and maybe you touched on this already under the special seats portion, but um, with Trustee Jensen being appointed by the district and ta uh, Trustee Bouquet being appointed by the medical staff, uh, do they fall under the same bylaw provision that they can still be removed immediately by the Board of, Trust uh, Board of Supervisors without cause? And is that any sort of violation with the JPA agreement with Alameda Hospital or with our agreements with the medical staff? So uh, it's a good question, and I don't think that I uh, did address it specifically. Uh, you know, it begins with, you know, the fact that the Board of Supervisors, you know, ultimately do have the power of appointment. And, you know, these seats are filled by recommendations of the Board of Supervisors. Um, so, you know, I think... Uh, the initial answer to the question is yes, the power to remove uh, folks from the uh, Board of Trustees is the same as with any other appointee to the Board of Trustees. Um, I think, you know, the practical question, uh, you know, or, you know, the operational question is, you know, the, what that means in terms of the relationship between the organization and these third-party organizations. And, you know, as we pointed out, you know, uh, the appointment of a member of the uh, district board uh, to our board is a contractual provisions under the uh, joint powers agreement that <clears throat> that we've entered into with them. Uh, so it's certainly, you know, basically, you know, we I don't believe there's any uh, discussion with the district yet, but, you know, I can imagine that might be a concern. <clears throat> likewise, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, likewise, the... Um, uh, the commitment to the medical staff, you know, for a seat on our board is, you know, set forth, you know, both in the medical staff bylaws um, uh, of both organizations uh, that constitute our medical staff, as well as 
commission. So, um, and there's you know some very specific processes under the medical staff bylaws in terms of how they appoint that representative. And so, um, this clearly has implications for that. You know, although again, until we know a little bit more, it's not entirely clear how those might be addressed. Any others? I guess just, you know, for the purposes of clarity, um, we've discussed certainly several times at our trustees meetings, as well as at our joint uh, board of supervisors and board of trustees meeting, the um, desire, I think, mutual desire to explore governance um, models and whether we should be looking at a different model. But this this action here is not doing anything to the governance structure. This is um, this this other than the, the couple of changes, which um, to Trustee DeVries's point seem fairly minor other than the geographic one. Um, this does nothing to change governance per se. That would still need to be a future discussion that I guess would be would be had without the benefit of the current trustees as if I'm if I'm reading this correctly. Is that does, does that seem fair? I, I think that's fair. You know, again, you know, the the issues related to the bylaws in you know, in terms of changing the bylaws and the issues, you know, regarding to exercising, you know, power over appointment and removal is is all part of the current process and doesn't change, you know, any of the the structural pieces that were established, you know, by 101850 uh, ordinance or uh, so yes, the structure remains the same. These are parts of the structure that are being modified. You know, I think any of the questions uh, that I might have right now, Mike, uh, are probably not uh, legal. Uh, and also I'm wondering if, if, if other trustees feel the same way, if maybe we uh, could have you stop screen sharing for the dialogue um, we can see each other unless there was some other important slide you had to put up. No, no, that was the uh, that was the end of the slide. I'd like to make a few comments in consideration of the audience, and I'm sure there are some of our Board of Supervisor representatives here. I'll, I'll remind everyone that, that the, the, at the last Joint Commission visit, one of the condition of participation findings was the governing body. So that is this, this set of, that is us. And number two, the, the, the Joint Commission window has been announced to us to open up for their return sometime first week of November. So I, I, I think the implications are, are uh, 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 an organization without a governing body are profound. Um, so um, to, to all the audience, to the trustees, just in consideration of a very important evaluation coming to us from the Joint Commission, probably within the next five to six weeks. It's probably within the next four weeks. I think that's hugely important. And I guess I would just say, I mean, I feel like it took me months to get up to speed as a trustee. And even with the benefit of all of you, you know, eight fellow trustees who had a lot of experience to kind of help get up to speed. And so I guess my question slash concern, or maybe we just don't know this, but is, is how will a new board be not only seated, but also up to speed in such a short 
time period, it just feels very concerning. And Trustee Bouquet, what you just mentioned, makes me feel even, I was already concerned, but um, that just uh, is, is frightening, actually, to think about. I'm also curious, um, that, and Trustee Bouquet, yeah, thank you for that. That is, um, that is pretty profound. Um, you know, I'm also curious as we move forward with our negotiations, as we brought on a new team, and really this board has, has, you know, made it a priority for that new team to move, you know, quickly to work well with our labor partners to, to settle these contracts. Um, who would that team seek authority from if they had an offer on the table that they wanted to put forward that would actually, you know, um, settle these contracts and have us all moving forward in a unified manner. I mean, I know people are upset. It's, you know, it's obvious, but you've taken this action. Who would they, who would they seek authority from? The Board of Supervisors? So um, the way I'm interpreting this is Wait, that... that... I'm sorry, Maria, that was a question for Mike. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Would, yeah, like who would our negotiating team take... take yeah, who would vote on an offer that, you know, could be authorized? Well, that, you know, that would go to, you know, the the administration, you know, and the governing board, you know, for Alameda Health System. You know, I mean, this is an independent entity. Uh, it has its own separate authority. Um, it has exclusive authority in the matter of, you know, personnel relations, uh, you know, the operations and management of the organization. Uh, and so those are decisions that, you know, I think are required by, you know, all elements of the enabling legislation, you know, to be uh, discharged, you know, by, you know, either the governing board or the administration, you know, of the health system. Right. So if next week all of us, you know, were to in, resign in mass, and the following week, um, the you know, because I know we had put a generous offer on the table for pay increases for SCIU that wasn't even considered. But what if they came back and wanted just a little bit more? There were, a, a board would need to assemble and vote to give that authority to the negotiating team to provide a, a more substantial pay raise. And so that who would who would they go to for that vote? Well, and again, you know, I mean, there's, I think, still some pieces of this that need to be sorted out in terms of uh, both how to how to plan for this, uh, what to anticipate, and, you know, and how to execute, you know, based upon whatever decisions are made. So, you know, there, you know, I think that there's some, some ways to handle or deal with this. Uh, I would be reluctant to speculate on some of those, you know, not understanding more about what these proposals, you know, actually mean in terms of the details, because there aren't many details, but those you've clearly identified, I think, you know, uh, issues that, you know, should be of concern, you know, both in terms of what the board's doing now and what the board's going to do in the future. Well, I think it's also important for the people who are asking for us to be removed to know uh, the implications of that, <clears throat> you know, with the Board of Supervisors right now. I mean, again, we are keenly interested in settling these contracts in a way that makes our, our staff feel, you know, really well supported. But if we're taken out of the picture right now, there won't be that ability or that oversight. Um, 
it, it would actually leave workers probably longer without contract. And, and what would happen in mediation with the seat with our with our employee union that's in mediation? Like, Trustee DeVries, I yeah, I. So my understanding of what was what was being asked was that the county take over the system, and that was kind of why I was asking this clarifying question. I at least at least maybe I missed it, you know, but I don't recall it being said. Let's just take these people out of the current system that we don't like and put new people into it. It was actually we want the county to take over. So right. that was why I was at right. And so is this a step towards that somehow? And that sounds like from what Mike is saying is not within yeah. the law to, to, to that for that to actually be the case. And so um, I so I think your point is really important. Um, you know, is that just putting in new people doesn't mean the county's taking over. And that should be very clear to everyone that this this gesture here or whatever um, is not the same as the county taking over. Thank, thank you. Is, that. That's not lawful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I think it is because it says that folks can reapply or something that they, 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 it means that it'll maintain a similar governance structure, but it will be a different new board. And that transition time could take time. Um, but basically, it seems to me like what we are hearing is um, individually, uh, board members, uh, you know, we've had conversations uh, and we meet regularly with um, the supervisors. While they are appreciative of what we do individually as a body, I think they feel that um, in our oversight, we have not. And that is why um, this is an invitation to reset the table. <clears throat> oversight or was it specific to, because it looks like the main chain, I mean, the main thing that's being alluded to here is around this negotiation piece. Trustee Hernandez, I know you were trying to get a word in, sorry. <laughs> no, um, it's okay. I, I just wanted to clarify that I think the way I'm interpreting this is that uh, they will um, replace us eventually, but in the interim, I think they are saying they will take this on. And so, Joe, to your point, I think if there's a contract to be uh, reviewed, uh, if the Joint Commission comes for a review, my assumption is that they know that they need to show up and take care of that. Um, and, and maybe we need to make a list for them of the things that we need to do to pass the baton to make it abundantly clear that there is uh, the labor negotiations, the, um, uh, uh, the joint commission. Um, I'm going to put push that we also make it clear that the heady committee is not a small thing that uh, can be abandoned. Um, I'd also say that um, the merger of Oak Care with, uh, you know, East Bay Medical Group is allegedly done, but I think there's still work there that needs to be done. So if I was suddenly asked to leave my post as a senior executive, in an organization that I had worked in for six years, which is my term, um, I would be making a list uh, for my successor to be able to understand what those concerns are. And, you know, uh, frankly, everyone, um, my term is up in December. 
I was not going to re-up. And so if I'm going to resign, uh, that's going to be my um, uh, strategy. Uh, I will write down what I think are my major concerns for whoever takes this role and pass the baton and do so in a way that is um, modeled after what we do at the White House, right? Uh, at least up until today, um, there is a normal and peaceful transition of power. And uh, I, I feel like we all need to just be very clear what's being said to us. Um, we have not done everything according to what uh, the Board of Supervisors uh, wanted. That's clear. And so um, I feel obligated to step down, but at the same time to make my personal uh, statement to transition in a way that's as uh, productive and supportive of the new environment. That, that's how I see it. I appreciate that. And I, I think uh, I, I, it just wouldn't even occur to me that we wouldn't be asked um, to to help make a, a, a responsible transition because anything else would be reckless. Um, and I'm very concerned that we are looking at a potential second wave of COVID. We are heading into flu season. Um, this is our this is our safety net. This is not a game. This is our public hospital system. And if, um, you know, I think Trustee Hernandez, everything you said was really on point. The only the only caveat, though, is that that can't lawfully happen that way. And so we are an independent authority. It was established by the Board of Supervisors for a reason. I think it would do us all really well to think to to recognize what those reasons were. And I think that was what we all in earnest wanted to do as a process, right, to do with the Board of Supervisors and other stakeholders who I know are also very concerned about this. Um, to see if there's a better structure that would provide better oversight. But that requires changes in ordinances and legislation and things like that that have yet to, yet to happen. So in the interim, I think that's what I'm concerned about, right? So if let's say there's gonna be a governance change in January or March or whenever it is, but what about in the interim? What is it that what is it that's happening? What is the plan? And I think that is where I'm really concerned. I have not heard a plan and it makes me very nervous because I didn't get into this for any other reason besides caring about the safety net, caring about the system and caring about the people. And I'm having the hardest time. I've been racking my brain since this came out. The hardest time seeing how this has community or patients at the center. How is this good for the community or patients? That's what I want to know. Um, so I hear everything you're saying, Trustee Hernandez, and I'm with that. You know, I have no dog in this fight. How this structure works, I want it to be the best for the people or the patients. Yep. And, I'm and just, no, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Noha, I, I think, I think that we need to see their, their first step is to make these bylaw changes. Uh, that is the first step. But I, I, I don't see the rest of the plan. To your point, Noha, I understand, and I'm concerned about that tremendously. Uh, and and that's why I'm I'm simply suggesting that in accepting this step, uh, it, it is an acceptance of what they wish to do with our role. But I think that in the uh, 10 days that we have left as a board, um, we can and should be very specific 
about the hazards, the dangers, the uh, problems that we uh, know to be left unattended and that those indeed put uh, our patients and the community at tremendous risk. But I, I believe if we make that uh, overture in a very um, public and sincere way, I think it still means that um, the Board of Supervisors could say to us, well, there is no more Board of Trustees, but we will have you know, some time to, to navigate this transition. And I, I think they just wanna take the keys to the car, folks, and they wanna drive, and we are in the back seat, and we can you know, play navigator roles, we can play whatever you wanna use as an analogy, but I, I think we are required to do what you just said, uh, Noha, take care of our public, take care of our patients. And if we are turning the keys over, that doesn't mean we walk away. Uh, I plan to try as best as I can to stay involved in the heady committee because I feel that um, I would like to have uh, some uh, assurance that uh, uh, you know we continue and that uh, there is sustainability. I am sure that Taft wants to have uh, a role in the Joint Commission work uh, because of his role. Uh, every single person here has a, a special role. I'm sorry, I'm not looking at the camera because I'm looking down. That's where my neck is right at the moment. Um, so I, I, I think if we stay in the shock mode, which is normal in our human response, I, I think we're going to waste precious time. I believe we need to accept this, but at the same time, turn on every bit of our capability, given our history, given our knowledge, given what we know of what's going on, and turn the keys over, but to say, hey, that front tire, it's got a, you know, a hole in it, and we were, gonna, we were patching it. You can't drive that fast because it's going to blow on the next curve. We have to be able to be specific about those uh, things that we know are waiting very, you know, uh, prescient in our hearts about what's potentially going to happen. So uh, I, I plan to write myself for all of you, my cautions, my concerns, and and to pass that on to the Board of Supervisors. Yeah. And Marika, I would, I would I agree just, with you. Sorry, yeah. Kenny, you go first. No, Kenny, you go. And, and I just want us to be mindful of time and, and, and would like to move us to, to close session soon if there's, um, so that we can have our, our discussions that we need to have. But, but please, if there's others that would like to make public or to make comments here, go right ahead. Jeff, you go first, then I'll go. Yeah, I, I'll support Maria in that. I think uh, what the political and um, governance reality is that this the board as it exists in its current iteration will not exist on October after October 30th. We we can't speculate what the board of supervisors are going to do. We don't know. So in that setting, I agree with you. The peaceful transition of power, if you will. Following on our following the rules of our democracy, and I would I would strongly encourage each of the chairs of the respective committee to write that letter to put into the resolute desk for the next person um, who who comes on. Um, I'm I'm in that preparation mode for whomever the next chair of the quality committee will be. Yeah, and, uh, and I, yeah, I think it's pure speculation to know what will happen after that. But the the board of super we serve at the leisure of the board of supervisors. Yeah. And and I remember my governance responsibility there. 
Yeah, and I'll just say I was vice president and I, I accepted this last term because we wanted to change the governance structure. We knew that this governance structure hasn't worked and we've been work, asking the board of supervisors, this doesn't work, we need to change it. And in, in an ideal time, we might have worked together, had a joint working session, we've been wanting to do that, to relook at our governance structure. That hasn't happened. This is how it's happening. And I think that keeping our patients and community front and center so that when the new table is set and the new governance structure happens, that we are able to be at the table, that the union leaders, the supervisors are co-owning the operational and fiscal situation with AHS and coming to, coming up with solutions together so we are not at each other and whoever sets this new structure is. So I'm very happy to be able to like step down and be very, uh, you know, supportive of what happens next. And, and, you know, again, I'm on the heady committee. Being on the COVID task force has shown how much our county needs to do to bring public health and the healthcare system together. We need to keep pushing for that. We need to keep working on that because we are not here to um, to hold on to our seats, but to do what's, what, what is in the best interest of the patients and the community. Well, we can't do that if we don't have a role. So that's the well, that's where I'm questioning the wisdom of this current action and really trying to understand what the plan is, like how it's a sound plan, because the best people to have this conversation is those of us in this room. Go ahead, Trustee DeCrees. Yeah, no, I, I trustee Abuleta, I'm I'm with you in well, I'm with everybody. Um, we all signed up for this because of our commitment to access to health care for Alameda County residents. I mean, my my start in this work was in nineteen eighty nine when I was sent out to knock on doors for single payer health care in partnership with with the California Nurses Association and neighbor to neighbor. Uh, you know, and then I worked on the Patient Protection Act with local two fifty. And got that on the ballot and, and saw that, you know, sadly fail um, because of big insurance money that was against it. And then I wrote, you know, I, I was the architect behind Measure A with Nate Miley, which saved the public system and then helped to get Measure AA, which reauthorized it. So I think um, it's ironic to me that I joined this board excited that we had saved uh, Alameda Hospital and we had saved San Leandro Hospital in the interest of those residents, in the interest of those employees, uh, and against the better fiscal judgment. Um, you know, it was not a good deal. And we did it because the Board of Supervisors, or one in particular, wanted us, wanted us to do it. And we did it. And I was excited to do it to guarantee better access. And at the time, as I learned what it would meant to be on this board, I saw the structural problems. And I sat in on the first bylaw working group when I was vice chair under Chair Lawrence. And and worked in hand in hand with with supervisor Chan and, and Carson to create a better system. And it was always, you know, certainly not doing it for the money. Uh, we've always been doing this because we really care about access to healthcare. And all of us know that we've asked in countless occasions that our that our uh, appointors uh, create a process and a path for us to reevaluate our financial structure in a manner that serves our patients and our workers better. We've asked them to look at the Whipley report, and they, which they didn't want us to even release publicly after demanding that we get it done. We've, we've asked the grand jury has made it absolutely clear that the structure doesn't work. 
The Joint Commission has made it clear that it doesn't work. The labor partners that we work with um, who may or may not know where any of us stand on their contract because we vote as one board, uh, yet there's some interest in having all of us resign and then individuals could reapply as if one of us or two of us or four of us have done something wrong and the others haven't. I mean, this doesn't make any sense. And so while we've been begging for a conversation about restructuring this organization in a way that guarantees access to the most vulnerable in Alameda County, we've been vilified as the problem. When we, when we, when our budget was, you know, in, in dire straits last year, we were told, Go balance it. We were told, work within your means. So then when we said, well, that will mean cutting incredibly important programs like mental health, then they accused us of being, uh, you know, not doing our jobs. And so we had to beg them for the money in order to keep the, you know, we had to be still begging them to pay us the $14 million in capital that they wrote us for two years. We're begging them. Yeah, a Sarah to stop ripping us off, to stop ripping off our employees, our, our retirement, our pensions, making us pay more into the system so that the county could pay in less. You know, we, we, we've brought up so many situations that need to be fixed, and we've not done it. No new board of trustees will have any understanding of the nuance of all of those items. No new board of trustees will be able to sit and candidly work with the board of supervisors to create a new governance model with the kind of experience that those of us that have really given countless hours of, of our volunteer time to this process. And I also want to point out last is two supervisors have asked the board of supervisors to ask us to all step down. It takes three supervisors to make a decision. And I, you know, I would like to know how those other supervisors feel about the idea of creating an ad hoc working group with us, with labor, with the board of supervisors to really do the deep dive that we've been begging for. Maybe that's a better option. Maybe there's three votes for that on Tuesday at the board of supervisors, as opposed to three votes to flush down the toilet, the volunteers that have done our best to provide them what they asked us to provide. I will gladly step down because you're absolutely right, Trustee Hernandez, that it is, we serve at their duty. You know, when people used to say, you know, is this a public hospital? When people used to claim that we were a separate entity, I would always say, no, we're a county hospital. And I've been true and loyal to the county supervisors that appointed us. We've done their bidding. We've carried their water. And I'm more than willing to step aside. Um, but in the interest of the people of, of Alameda County and our workers, and our workers who deserve to know they're coming to work and are going to get paid, I think it would be a huge disservice to, to throw away the, the experience sitting in front of me today, um, you know, and, and not work through our differences in the time of crisis. It's, it saddens me that the answer in this time, when we're trying to bring people together across the country, that unity is what we need to strive for, that instead the answer is to create a scapegoat and, 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 and brush us aside and and um, and build a new. It's just it's absolutely just so disappointing in this time. Sorry. Thank you, Joe. Very well said. Um, others like to make any comments before we move into closed session. General Counsel. 
Yes, yeah, so there are items of closed session as uh, set forth in the agenda uh, conference uh, with me regarding some issues re related to the uh, labor questions raised, a uh, matter of anticipated litigation, <coughs> excuse me, anticipated litigation related to the uh, request that will be considered on Tuesday uh, 